Welcome to Sci Section. I'm Sherry. And I'm Kian. We're a couple of science-loving students who want to educate you about the world. From time to time, we might forget that all the sciences appeared so we could understand ourselves better. So in this show, we are going to remind you of that. Love it or hate it, science can help us to actually live our lives better. Each session, we'll be covering a different scientific topic that you can actually care about, a topic or knowledge that you can use it in your day-to-day -day life. Today's session is something that a lot of people struggle with. It's sleep. Be warned that we're not medical professionals and anything we say here should not be taken as medical advice. Go see an actual professional about that. But we have searched through research papers and articles to bring you the best information we could find. So don't fall asleep on us yet. It's only the evening. Well, let us start by saying, why should we sleep? Have you ever thought about that? I've thought about that all the time, lying awake 2 o'clock in the morning where <laughs> I should be sleeping. Studying for that midterm? Uh, more like contemplating the existence <laughs> of all life on Earth. But really, why do we need to sleep? Like, why do we need to go hunker down for a useless number of hours that I can't spend doing anything? Because we have to, or because that's the way it is? Well, well I sure hope not. Those are kind of <laughs> bad reasons. No, but I can say that there are some other reasons. Learning has effect on your memory. So basically, you need to sleep in order to have a good memory. There's a thing called memory consolidation, which states that memory is created during the process of sleeping. So to remember things, you should sleep. So you're saying I shouldn't stay up all night to study for my test? Well, you can sleep and then remember things that you already studied for. That would be much better. So like a little bit of cramming before <laughs> I go and take a power nap then? No cramming, no cramming. So why else would I need to sleep? Like, I know I have to get those good grades. Want to know the next reason? Yeah, throw them at me. If you're sleep deprived, you're susceptible to weight gain because the sleep affects the process of storing carbs in body and the function of hormones. And storing carbs is really important because if you have faulty storage and uptake, you can have type 2 diabetes. So sleep deprivation can actually lead to higher risk for diabetes high blood sugar because of storage and hormone issues, which also increases the risk for obesity and heart disease. Yeah. The next important reason for sleeping is that a sleep loss may result in impatience and inability to concentrate and moodiness. Too little sleep can also leave you too tired to do the things you like to do. So when I'm really irritable because people ask me questions after I don't get a lot of sleep, that must be the reason why. Next reason is that serious sleep disorders have been linked to hypertension, increased stress hormone levels, and irregular heartbeat. The sleep also affects immune function, and it is important for fighting cancer. So this little hormone called cortisol in your blood, it's also known as the stress hormone in most circles. So whenever you are trying to fight a bear, cortisol gets in your body to say like, hey, we got to tune up those muscles and we got to tune down that immune system because when you want to, like, run away from a bear, you are not worried about that little wonky sandwich you ate an hour ago. <laughs> you want to, like, fight or flight right the heck now. But when you have chronic sleep deprivation and it's over a long period of time, pushing down your immune system means that you're going to get a really bad bug. As we're talking about sleep, you know, there has to be some way that we can get enough sleep. Maybe different schedules? Yeah, that's actually a really good point you brought up there, Kian. So a lot of people have different sleep schedules, and they vary throughout different points in time for history and culture. How's that going to work? 
So right now we're kind of post-industrial revolution and we have a lot of artificial light sources. Most of us go through monophasic sleep Mm -hmm. where you just set aside a whole chunk of time at night and then just sleep like a log for that entire period. You are a lump on the bed. I need that. I need that. Bed potato? Couch potato? I don't know. Uh, And then there was pre-industrial revolution stuff where there was a biphasic sleep. So this schedule is more like early in the evening you knock out for about four hours and then you wake up for one to two hours to do whatever needs to be done. So like deliver the mail, write stuff. People would do all kinds of stuff during that break. And last, we have the polyphasic sleep schedule. This can get really wild because you have the Uberman's sleep schedule, which is like the extreme version of sleep deprivation plus like go, 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 where you nap every four hours for 20 minutes. So obviously that leads us to not enough sleep because you get about two hours total for a 24-hour period. We have more reasonable polyphasic sleep schedules, too, like the Everyman, where you take two naps throughout the day and you have, like, a big chunk where you can still get enough rest. Actually, since you're talking about the polyphasic sleep, have you ever wondered, what if I split my sleep time in day? Like, instead of sleeping eight hours at night, what if I sleep two hours, then wake up, then take a nap for two hours more, then wake up, and this goes on? Yeah, I do that all the time. Like (laughs) 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, I'm out like a light. And then like I stay up till 2 and then go wake up again at 7. Well, a recent study published in February 2019, as I just said, worked on this. The scientists conducting this research believe that a split sleep schedule has to do with hippocampus in brain. Oh, nice. You know what hippocampus is for? Yeah, it's responsible for memory and cognitive ability. It's also like a little GPS in your mind. (laughs) True. The study focused on three groups. One group had five hours of sleep at night only. Oh, that's not enough. (laughs) The other had six and a half hours of sleep at night. And the other had five hours of sleep at night and one and a half hours of sleep basically napping. They compared the results to the normal sleep cycle of a group of college students with nine hours of sleep. Nine hours of sleep is normal? What kind of college (laughs) do they go to? Well, I can say that they were asked to sleep nine hours. They didn't do this naturally, like on their own. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a little bit of procrastination would have been <laughs> happening if it was a regular. So, Kion, you better tell me about what happened with their sleep. I'm just going to. The performance of group one and two was Wait, completely... Wait, remind me of the groups again. Group one got how many hours? Wait, group one was five hours and, and two was two? six and a half hours of sleep only at night. So basically no napping here. Okay. Yeah. So their performance was impaired compared to normal nine hour of night of sleep schedule. Well, it's a lot less. (laughs) Interestingly, the performance of a split sleep scheduled group was more or less similar to people with normal nine hours of sleep. So the split sleep schedule was uh, five hours of sleep at night and one and a half hours of napping? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's only six and a half in total. But the study is suggesting that if you feel that you're deprived of a good sleep, this schedule can help you for a while. And what do you mean by only for a while? The paper itself mentions the importance of a sleep and suggests that a split schedule is not a replacement for the adequate ah. nocturnal sleep. However, for a short amount of time, if you feel sleep deprived, you can use this split sleep schedule to catch up to your regular sleep hours because that's the best way to go, right? 
And that makes sense because historically, some people in certain professions, like sailors, soldiers, and watchmen who had to stay up for long hours at a time, would use a slip, split sleep schedule. I know it's hard. Would right? use the split <laughs> sleep schedule to like do what needs to be done. But afterward, they would need to rest because that stuff is not good for your body, as we discussed earlier. Speaking of not good for your body, there's a lot of chronically sleep-deprived people out there. So how do we fix this? There are ways to fix this, you know. Rule number one, try to have a routine with your sleep. It seems so hard, right? Especially if you're planning on studying late at night or preparing for an upcoming exam. But know that sleep matters the most. It matters what your exam is. So don't sacrifice that. Yeah, and even on the weekends, even though it's really, really hard, it can be good to have the same wake-up time during the weekends as well as the weekday so your body can get used to it. Without any caffeine, right? Yeah. So there's this funny story where I didn't realize that a drink I was going to get, the mango dragon fruit one, it's really good, <laughs> uh, had a lot of caffeine in it. And I had it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I couldn't go to sleep until 2. So it's really good to limit your caffeine intake when you're planning on sleeping. Uh, caffeine takes about 5 hours to have a halfway through your body. So if you take 16 ounces of coffee, five hours later, you'll still have eight ounces of coffee in your body. And then five hours after that, four. So caffeine st sticks around for a long time. So make sure you only drink coffee during the morning. Okay, what's next, Keon? Next, create your sleep oasis, a place where you only go to sleep, not to study, not to listen to music, not to eat, just to sleep. Oh, that's really hard to do. <laughs> I, like, I study in bed, I read in bed, I... Well, Cry in to bed. <laughs> this has to do with psychological aspect of conditioning. If you study in bed, your body gets the feeling that whenever I'm in bed, it's time to be awake and aware. Or even vice versa. So it can lower your efficiency while studying. Because you go to your bed and your brain will think that, yay, it's time to sleep. Uh, that is true. And last, we get to the hardest part of all time. We gotta unplug before bedtime. True. Light from your phone can disrupt your body's process in recognizing the lighting condition for a good sleep time. Yeah, that was a lot to take in. Do you want a summary of all of this again? <laughs> oh, I think I can try. Okay. Sleep deprivation can lead to a variety of detrimental effects. Physically, you could gain weight more easily and have a higher risk for diabetes. Learning and mood are also affected negatively, as well as immune function. You could get sick more easily. We also talked about different sleep schedules. People nowadays use a monophasic sleep schedule, but used to do a biphasic one pre-industrial revolution. As well, folks in high-stress jobs would often take up a polyphasic sleep schedule to get all the stuff that they needed to do done. And a study showed that a polyphasic sleep schedule with a little bit of napping could help you in the short term, but for the long term, it was better to get all the sleep that you needed. A lot of things leading to sleep deprivation can be alleviated by good sleep hygiene, by turning off electronics, not consuming caffeine, and having a designated sleep area. Thanks for the summary, Sherry. Well, make sure to tune in next Wednesday as we are going to talk about breakfast and its importance for students and basically everyone. See, See you, you next week! week.